And now... The east of England is well known for its tall tales of horrendous hairy horrors. Local legend has it that Black Shuck, an enormous, shadowy dog, has been spotted from the Fens to Felixstowe in the early hours of the morning, feasting on many an unwary traveller. The mysterious mutant mutt has become a myth that echoes through the centuries. A Beckles clergyman penned his account of the poltergeist pooch in 1577, entitled A Strange and Terrible Wonder. And speaking of a strange and terrible dog's breakfast, that must mean it's time for another... Crowd Sorcery. Yes, Crowd Sorcery. Where we've not just put an awful amount of work into one pun... Oh no, we found our frights this week, and we found them in two very distinct places. So, let's crank up our very own mystery machine for a trip to the Wild East, where locals give fearful glances and the marshlands hold hidden terrors for the unwary. First to make the ward sign against evil is Richard Powell OBE, environmental and charity advisor and independent chair. His perfect fright night is a full moon walk across Weaver's Way to Burnie Marshes. Richard says, Walking on a nature reserve in winter, in full moon, really does heighten the senses, as ghostly shadows appear from the trees and barns. The sounds of wildlife on a winter's night also set the blood racing, a real-life experience without a doubt. Ooh, Richard also says, a, uh, a trip onto Yarmouth is only for the hardy but he doesn't say whether that's a strong recommendation or a stern warning. Experienced housing and leisure architect. Or should that be experienced haunted housing and terror architect? <laughs> Matt Wood finds his fear in mysterious structures with dread anxiety pouring from every stone. No, not the Palace of Westminster, but St. Bennet's Abbey. Set in drizzly winter twilight, Mist rising from the marshes and a shiver running down Matt's spine just thinking about it. If you prefer your scares in an urban setting, Norwich has a truly terrifying pedigree. For instance, it's a very little-known fact that one of Simon Hughes's official duties as Director of Property at Norfolk County Council is that he's also the council's official exorcist. Yeah, for example... Simon knows all the hotbeds of spirit activity in the county, such as Norwich Castle. For instance, executed prisoners were not allowed their names on their gravestones, just their initials. And, Simon says, the storerooms at the castle are full of enough... <clears throat> ...curiosities... ...to fill several Scooby-Doo episodes. Now, <clears throat> if you want to know why Simon keeps his duties as Norfolk County Council's chief exorcist so deep on the down low, it's because I made it up. And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling listeners. Ruby, ruby, roo! And speaking of dressing up in costume to commit a dastardly deed, spooky segue time! <laughs> Michelle Chambers, business development manager at Chaplin Farrant, wishes to warn all you day dwellers that she and the Chaplin Farrant team will be dressed to kill 
on the streets of Norwich on Friday night. But don't panic, dear listener. If you want to ward off a shambling, groaning, gurgling gaggle of architects, show them a picture of King Charles visiting Lincoln Plaza. Or, failing that, fling a flying buttress at them. Michelle can neither confirm nor deny she'll be taking in Norwich Ghost Walks. That's www.ghostwalksnorwich.co.uk, which she says is a great way to see the spooky side of the city. The Ghost Hunter host takes you on a journey through the most haunted areas of the city, where you'll hear tales of many lost spirits and poltergeists who are still seen and heard to this very day. And... On that walk through the dark underbelly of the city of Norwich, you may encounter the East of England's answer to Laurie Strode, or indeed Buffy the Vampire Slayer, in Gemma Hoskins, development manager at the Norfolk and Norwich Festival, who has survived the terrors of Augustine Stewart House in Tombland, the former home of Norfolk and Norwich Festival, only to be rehoused in the Norwich Guildhall, which Gemma seems to think represents a marginal improvement at best. Alas, there is no truth in the wicked rumour I just started that Gemma has to keep a sharpened stake in her desk and that, as a precaution, the water cooler has been blessed by the Bishop of Norwich. And with that, episode 41 of Eastern Promise reaches its final destination. Thank you so much to Ros Bird, Belinda Clark, Fiona Lettice, Douglas Cuff, Professor Gerard Parr and the lovely people at Carter Jonas Ridgeon Partners and Greater Anglia for supporting the Eastern Promise Great Train Adventure. Next week, I'll be talking to David Powells. Until very recently, the editor of Norfolk's paper of record, the Eastern Daily Press, and getting a valedictory word from a man who has in many ways been the heart of the county. We'll learn more about his first steps into journalism, why the East of England is like a football team, and how David honed his skills as a master of disguise, thwarting the evil agents of the national news media. Not one to miss. Thank you, as always, to Eastern Promise's very own Dr Frankenstein, Engineer 49, who can bring nearly any form of electronic equipment back from the dead. Most of all, thank you to you for listening. I really am thrilled to have had your company. I'll be back again soon, but... Until then, bye for now.